Welcome back, everybody, to the Below Average Joe's MMA Podcast, episode number 80. Wow. It's 80. Friday, which means we're coming at you with another fight night preview for hashtag UFC Vegas 22, headlined by a big fight, Dom. We love this. Derek Brunson versus Kevin Holland. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The quiet, composed Brunson versus Big Mouth yeah. Holland. What are your thoughts, and how are you doing? A rivalry here. Can't wait to see this fight. Derek Brunson looking to shut down two hype trains back-to-back. I'm doing quite incredible. Feeling rejuvenated. Got a big <clears throat> card here. We got a pay-per-view next week with Stipe on it. How are you? Good. Now let's just get into it. All righty. <laughs> uh, it's time for <laughs> the news. The news. We got a fight cancellation to start out. But. But. hmm mm-hmm. <laughs> So first off, originally scheduled on April 17th was a huge fight at middleweight. Robert Whitaker versus Paulo Costa. Paulo Costa is unfortunately having to withdraw from that fight due to flu symptoms. The, the, the normal flu. Right, yes. like he has the flu, yes, right? Yes. Yeah. So Okay, so he had to drop out of the fight for that reason. However, the UFC finds a replacement. And dare I say, we may have got a better fight. It it could be a hot take, but it's one that I think we might share. Yeah. I think Kelvin Gastelum might give him a better fight. A fight years in the making. Coach Tough together. We're supposed to fight for the title in 2019. Robert Whitaker fell out of that due to the yeah, getting a sports hernia. Here we are now. Kelvin Gastelum taking this fight on a month's notice. Now, let's not overlook that even though Kelvin looked great in his last fight, he was this, on a three-fight skid. Yes, and this is Robert Whitaker. That. And this is Robert Whitaker. 2.0. Now, Kelvin Gastelum, I think what I when I've been sitting here and kinda, you know, taking it all in that this fight's gonna looks like it's gonna happen, you know, knock on wood. Kelvin Gastelum tends to fight up or down to his competition. Yeah. Depending on if he's overlooking opponents or if he's you know, it's a lot of times he kinda beats himself. Yeah. You look at that performance he had against Israel Adesanya. He looked like a champ. He did. And then after that, it didn't look like his head was really in it against Darren Till. And then Jack or Manson was bad. Yeah. But then he did look great in his last fight. Yeah, he looked really good against And he called to be the replacement for this bout. He did, actually. Yeah, so it's nice to see that he's kind of called a shot. And the opportunity presented itself, and he's taking advantage of it. So you know he's going to be ready. I'm Robert Whitaker, being the professional he is, I know will be ready for this. That's a banger. It's a great fight. That's and the week after Till Vittori, the middleweight <laughs> division. Got a lot of parts moving right now. Mm. And I think it's still, you know, even though take out what we said about it being more competitive, I get it. Gaslam's lower in the rankings, but I still think, this is going to give this division a lot of direction, yeah. regardless of who wins, because it's still just as credible of an opponent. You see what Gaslam did with Adesanya; you can't overlook that. Yeah, guy. no matter who wins that bout, something big's coming next. I don't know what that may be, <clears throat> but something big. Agreed. That's a great fight. That's April seventeenth. Now, technically, we have another fight announcement, but this is going to go ahead and carry over into the rest. Yeah. UFC two sixty one. We've already got two title fights that have been. Scheduled for that one. The two women's title fights. Um, Rose Namajunas looking to take the strawweight belt back from Weili Zhang. Oh, yeah. And at flyweight, oh. Valentina Shevchenko 
looking to defend again against Jessica Andrade. Two of the best on paper women's <clears throat> fights the UFC have had scheduled in many, many years. I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at it from a parody perspective. Oh, yeah. Rose Wei Lee is just like. Everybody's begged for it. That fight is just. To me, on paper, it's 50-50. It's got to be like one of the most requested <laughs> UFC women's fights from the community in, and, in and years. I, and I'm assuming Wei Li will be a slight favorite, but you look at what Rose... And I know MMA math doesn't you know, doesn't work. And when Rose but you look is an at what Rose, dog, You look at what Rose did yep. to Joanna in her first fight, and then even in the second fight, and the fact that Wei Li, you know, amazing fight, amazing performance, but, you know... And if it hadn't close. been for getting slammed on her head... <laughs> was beating up Andrade real bad in their first fight. Got the revenge and beat her in the second fight. We could have seen Wei Lee Rose a couple years ago if it wasn't for that head slam. That's true. But we're getting it now. Yeah, and the girl that slammed her on her head is getting that shot yep. at Shevchenko. Valentina coming off probably her weakest title defense. It's not. It still was dominant. But she did lose a round, though. But Jennifer Maya, <laughs> I don't think anybody really thought Jennifer Maya had much of a chance. Yeah. And the fact that she was able to kind of control her and... A whole round, a whole really. round, yeah. It at least was some. It was some chink in the armor, right? Yeah. It was something because she had looked flawless before that. Can't wait for those two. And like we said, we have already mentioned those, but there's one we have. But there's well, there's just a lot. There's to talk a about. lot here. So first off, there is a main event, and it's neither of those two fights. We have a rematch for the welterweight title. Kamaru Usman, he's back. Already back. And he's looking to defend once again and shut him up for good. Game, bread, Jorge Masvidal. Wow. So, let me hear your thoughts on this title fight. You know, after Kamaru beat Gilbert, we we were probably like, okay, this is the fight we're going to get. They're going to do the ultimate fighter, and then they're going to do the rematch. Is it what we wanted to see fight-wise? No. Let's be honest. We don't, Mm. you know. A lot of people didn't want to see the rematch, but... (laughs) They're doing it, and I think the biggest selling factor, selling point to this fight is that, okay, they get a camp this time, which, by the way, still nowhere close to a full camp, depending on how (laughs) you look at it. Usually those are 8 to 12 weeks. This got announced six weeks out. I'm assuming they knew about it at least one or two weeks ago, so let's go eight weeks max that they've had to get ready for this. Eh, You know, better than six days, right? So we'll see how it goes. I'm more... Excited for the other two title fights. However, I'm never going to complain about having three title yeah. fights. And, uh, Noah, there's going to be people. Oh, yeah, you want to go ahead and get into that? There's going to be people in the stands. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, UFC 261 taking place in Jacksonville, Florida. Funny enough, the first venue the UFC went to post-COVID, not including the UFC event in Brazil when COVID first hit, without fans. Now they're returning to Jacksonville for the first event with fans. Full capacity, 15,000 seats will be on sale mm-hmm. March 26th. Well. Yeah, Dana dropped that out of nowhere. We know we had been talking to Texas for a while, and I'm yeah. assuming those talks are still going on. Yeah. But out of nowhere, dropping a Jacksonville-sized bomb on us. Florida said, come on down. <laughs> so, let me start with the fight. Yeah. Because, um... Yeah, I gave my thoughts and you didn't get yours, sorry. No, you're good. Uh, because it's not going to be much different from yours, but I will be... A, I think I'm going to be a little bit more straightforward. I don't care about this fight. It's just there. 
you know, the first time these guys fought, I was really excited yeah. because Masvidal, that run he had been on, I really, he kind of made a believer out of yeah. me that he could really overcome those odds against a dominant champ like Usman. He did not, but he did at least show something. Like, it, it was a domination, don't get me wrong. But, but in he that first round, showed, he yeah. showed, it looked like Usman was a little bit, just a little bit uncomfortable on the feet. Well, and we've talked about this before, I think, on here. And if we have it on here, I know at least, you know, outside. But as crazy and as dominant as Usman was in the grappling wrestling department, Jorge takedown defense wasn't awful. You know what I mean? So there's, like... a, there's a lot. So actually, I don't know. There's been a few narratives around this fight since it first happened, and I and I don't know if I agree with any of them. And I did. I did at one point agree with the six days notice mm-hmm. kind of argument, but now I've kind of turned around on that because you can't. Masvidal was looking to be in that position. Yeah, he was training for Usman. Yeah, regardless of if he knew he was going to fight him or not. So to me, the six days argument isn't there. However, where you have an argument is that he did cut that weight in six days. A lot of weight. And that son of a bitch was eating pizza. And Masvidal has never over. been a guy who gets ex- exhausted, you know. I mean, yeah, it I get was noticeable. It, but it was bad after yeah. the first round. Yeah. I mean, that weight cut. Especially really. as hard as he went in the first round. So that's got to be a factor. However, on the other end, Masvidal's takedown defense looked a lot better than I think people thought it might or give it credit for. But you look at how Usman fought Burns. Yeah where he kept it on the feet, and that tells me he had been preparing to have a fight on the feet, and then he had to turn around and go back to kind of his bread and butter. You know, that's a viewpoint I had not even heard until right now. So, I'm just saying that these are, are, there's a lot of variables, which kind of raises my excitement for the fight, just because, but I think at the end of the day, they kind of both cancel each other out, and we're going to get much of the same. And you look at, okay, well, who's the better fighter then? Yeah, and Usman. In my opinion, yes. Now, as for fans, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to be curious to see what kind of protocols are in place for this. Yeah. Because Dana, in, in his, uh, kind of in his follow-up, I guess, correspondence about this, <clears throat> ever since he dropped that video announcing it, he's made it clear that if that the UFC was the first to, you know, do it, they did it the best, and he said that they're the best promotion to kind of do this and do it safe so i'll be curious to see what if any you know protocol there will be i almost feel like from the ufc's side you at least would want to do the mass even if it's not required in florida i don't know i mean i guess at the end of the day they're going to be more worried about the athletes testing Mm. negative and stuff first and foremost but the last thing you want if you're the ufc is for you know god forbid uh, some sort of super spreader or something just negative to come out of this because if they come out of this unscathed like they did when they started with no fans and brought sports back the ufc is gonna look like geniuses again it's true it's so it's a double-edged sword it's it's a risky move but they have proven through this entire ordeal yeah that known as covid that they're willing to take the risk yeah so and you know they're not they're not a company that's struggling for money by any means. I think it's legitimately just that they think they can do it. They think they can do it safe. Yeah. So they're like, we're gonna do it. Yeah. No so, waiting around. Exactly. No no playing to people's emotions. You know, 
a lot of people are very emotional about this, you mm-hmm. know, about COVID. And I understand that completely. I don't expect everyone to be on board with this. Mm-hmm. We've even got our own hesitations. Yeah, it's, yeah. However, they've yet to prove me wrong. So, or wait, they've yet to, I guess, slip. Yeah. You know, a couple of fight, fighters, the right a couple step. fighters have tested positive, but it's they've handled it so well yeah. that it hasn't become a mass spread through an event or anything. So right. I, it's a big step up. And, but, you know, to their credit and partially to Abu Dhabi at Fight Island, they did have a limited number for Connor Dustin and yeah. nothing came of that. Yeah. Now that was socially distanced and mass and everything over there in Abu <clears throat> Dhabi, but still it's something to it's think about. It's just something. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, so really looking forward UFC to that. Six, six, UFC 261 is massive. Plus Anthony Smith, Jimmy Crute, Uriah Hall, Chris Weidman to round out the main card. Yeah, it's a great main card. So, woo! Yep. Moving on to... That's the end yeah. of the news. <laughs> the news. Let's go right yeah. now. So it's time to preview a six-fight main love card. It's like all of these fight nights lately have just been six fights. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Just going to run down the card real quick. We open our main card at heavyweight. Tied to Ivasa. Everybody loves Tied to Ivasa. Love the shoey. Oh, yeah. He gets a late, last-second replacement here in Harry Hunsucker from the great state of Kentucky. Yes. That borders us. This is true. Following that fight, welterweight. Song Kanan, a great... Great talent there. Yeah, great talent. Going up against a veteran, Max Griffin, a guy who doesn't get the respect he deserves. Mm -hmm. After that, at Bantamweight, a couple young guys here. Adrian Yanez going up against Gustavo Lopez. Then women's strawweight, Cheyenne Baez and Montserrat Ruiz. That's an intriguing one. It is. It is. A lot of unknowns there. But, you know, those two fights right there that we just... Back to back. That's yeah. the very unknown what mm-hmm. could happen there. Co-main event of the evening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lightweight. He's back. Gregor Gillespie. Yes. He's back. He he went fishing and now he's back. We got a little bit of a banger here. And he's going up against pretty much he's number fifteen. This guy might as well be number sixteen. Yeah. Brad Rydell. These guys are neck and neck. Completely different styles. We're gonna talk about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But the main event of the evening, middleweight, Derek Brunson, Kevin Holland. But let's kick it back to the beginning. Tied to Ivasa, Harry Hunsucker. Take it away, Dom. So here it is. This was originally supposed to be the third fight of the evening, or fourth, but now it's the first. I don't give a shit. Tied to Ivasa's back, doing chewies. He's 10 and 3, 9 KOTKOs. He's 4 and 3 in the UFC. All nine of his KOTKOs have came in the first round. He's got notable wins over Andre Orlovsky via decision and KO'd Stefan Struve. In his most recent outing, his notable losses have come to Junior Dos Santos via TKO, Blagoy Ivanov via decision, and Sergi Spivak via submission. One of each method. On the other end, Harry is 7-3, three, three KO TKOs, four submissions. That's a perfect 7 out of 7, 100% finish rate. He's 0-1 on the Contender Series. This will be his UFC debut. <clears throat> All seven of those finishes... In the first round, he likes to get in, get out. Notable losses. He actually lost to Dontel Mays, who was supposed to fight Taitu Ibasa. Right. That was at HR MMA 77 in 2016 via TKO. And then he lost to Jared Van, Der- Van Dura. 
That was on the Contender Series <laughs> yeah. via TKO. Somebody's getting TKO'd. Yeah, and it's going to be Harry Hunsucker. <laughs> um, I'm going to be honest here. You know, I, I was willing to give uh, Harry the chance here, you know, give him the time of day. But you look at his opponents. Um, I believe he's faced one opponent in his entire career or two. Out of his wins, he's fought, right. I think, one guy in his entire career with a winning record. That's just, and I, I get it. That's it's not, you know, when you're on the regionals, you're just kind of right. fighting. You're just you fighting. Can. And you know, he's finishing these guys in the first round. He's doing what he's supposed to do. But this is, I mean, tied to Ivasa. I know he had that three fight skid back in like 2018, 2019. Ty's he, good. It's very close to being cut. But he was looked at as a prime, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, prospect in this heavyweight division, and I still think he can get back to that. He looked great against Stephen yeah, Struve. Still young. Um, he's looked great in the past. If I love that fight he had with Cyril Asker, mm-hmm. that fight was awesome. He just beat the shit out of him for two minutes. It was great. Fans love Ty. Yeah, the shoey. Mm-hmm. The guy's got the personality, yeah. but I think he's got the talent to back it up. Yep. It's just he's kind of got to get out of his own head, and that three fight skid was. Very much a lot of that. It was a lot of his confidence looked like it had been lost. Yep. You know, that fight with Arlovsky, you know, he barely won that fight. And a lot of Arlovsky's always kind of that test of like, if you can finish Arlovsky, you kind of hit that exactly. next step. Tai Tuivasa, Tom Aspinall. Well, no, so he didn't so finish forth. him. Well, I'm, yeah, saying, I'm saying, like, uh, I'm saying more so, you know, that fight, I remember watching that and thinking Arlovsky won. Yeah. It's just, if you can't clearly beat Arlovsky, can you really hang? And I think that might have had an effect on him. But he bounces back with Stefan Struve. I think he bounces back even more so here. First round, KOTKO for Tied to Ivasa. First round, KOTKO, Tied to Ivasa. I'm excited to see him back in the octagon. It's a big test for Harry Hunsucker here. And, uh, you know, like we said, the level of competition is staggering when you compare both these guys together, and I think that's going to be the biggest factor here. The heavyweights, all it takes is one punch. I'll give him credit there, but I think Ty is just such a well-rounded martial artist compared to Harry, and I think that's what's going to get the job done. He lands the clean shot. Mm -hmm. First round for Ty. Awesome. Moving on to the welterweight, Song Kanan and Max Griffin. Oh, yes. Now, I do just want to point out that... uh, Dominic should know a lot about this fight. Yes. Because, as you all should know by now, Dominic, being a member of the MMA elite now, he is a writer for Overtime Heroics. Go support them. If you follow me or Dom on Twitter, you'll see us sharing the articles around, and he wrote an article about this fight. So tell the people why they should be excited about this one. Yeah, so this is potential barn burner of a fight here so max griffin 16 wins eight losses he's got eight ko tko's two submissions four and six in the ufc but don't let that steer you away from mr griffin he's got notable wins over mike perry via decision in a fight he dominated from start to finish and also a majority decision over zalim imadayev some losses his ufc debut was colby covington and he got tko'd uh, then he fought Tiago Alves, a split decision, lost to Alex Morano via unanimous decision, and then also lost to Alex Oliveira via split decision. So he's two judges' scorecards away from being six and four in the UFC. Yeah, that's his, that's how. But, it, that's what it comes down to, isn't it? At the, it's crazy. And then six of his ten finishes in the first round. On the other end, Song Kanan, 
16 and 5, 8 KOTKO, 6 submissions. That's 14 out of 16 via finish. He's 4 and 1 in the UFC. Started with two wins, lost in the middle to Alex Morano. Now he's on a two fight win streak, looking to make it three. 10 of his 14 finishes have came in the first round. A couple other notable losses outside of Morano. Noah. Song fought Israel Adesanya in 2015 at WFC in what was Izzy's third ever professional MMA fight. Interesting. Izzy TKO'd him. Yes, he did. Then he fought the co-main event (laughs) guy in Brad Rydell at Glory of Heroes 6 in 2017 and got TKO'd there. Mm -hmm. So the level of competition in the UFC definitely is in favor of Max, but overall... Look at the guys that Ken and Song Song Kenan has been in there with, plus similar losses both to Marano. This is an interesting fight and a stylistic battle here on the feet, I believe. That's that's a good point here. Both guys, you know, have real really liked to finish their fights, like you said. Kenan, fourteen of sixteen. Griffin, ten of sixteen. Obviously, that favors Kanan, but Griffin being fight, a guy who's fought in the UFC for a little bit longer yeah. makes more sense. If you look at those eight losses for Griffin, man, seven via decision. This is not a guy yeah. that's going to get taken out easy. Exactly. So for Kanan, I'm a big believer in his talent, especially how well-rounded he is. Eight wins via knockout, six via submission. To me, he's got to be able to stay composed in there. Yeah. Just because he hurts Griffin once. He's going to have to be ready to go three rounds. Because that right hand is a missile. Oh, man. Song's right hand is nasty. However, he's got to be prepared to go three rounds with Max Griffin. Yeah. What worries me is him being kind of this younger guy. I mean, he's, I mean, he's 31. But I'm just saying, like, he, he, he fights like a, like a young... Mm-hmm. Kind of guy with a lot of energy, right? He's trying to find that one shot. Yeah, and I worry that if he hurts Griffin, he could ex- exert his entire gas tank, and then Griffin's just going to be able to kind of pummel him out. in the later rounds. Yeah. However, I-, I got enough confidence in Kanan to get the win here, but I got enough confidence in Griffin go the to go the distance. Yeah. So I'm going to go Song Kanan via decision. I-, I think the same. I'm going with Song via decision as well. Like you said... He's got that one-punch power, and when he lands, he goes in for the finish. Now, most of the time, he gets it, but Griffin's a guy, like you said, only been finished once and eight losses, and he's been in there with some very tough guys. Well, he's, and he, so, he's so He's not the most naturally gifted guy. He's not the most athletic guy, but he's so scrappy. He's so tough, yeah. so durable. And he's a unique movement on the feet. Yeah. He's very light on his toes and just kind of hops around. It's very right. different. And he's kind of a punches and bunches guy. Like, he's going to piece you up with his jab. Song wants to land one shot and get out of there. It's going to be interesting. And it's interesting to see if this fight will go to the ground. Max has shown at least the ability to take it there. It might not be a bad idea against the guy with the power that Song possesses. We'll see. I think it has potential to be a fight of the night. But at the same time, it could be a very slow-paced. Kind of like, I don't know, Max is going to be jumping around. Song is going to try and find the one shot. I don't know if it'll be a war. It just has the potential to be. But I am going Song Kanan via decision. Oh, sorry. I forgot to mention that is going to be my fight of the night pick. Okay. Love it. Yeah. Moving on. Adrian Yanez and Gustavo Lopez. Two very unknowns here, but tell the people. Two young guns in the UFC anyway. Gustavo, 
badass name, dare I say. <laughs> it's 12 and 5, 5 KO, TKO, 6 submissions. That's 11 out of 12 via finish. He's 1 and 1 in the UFC. The win coming against Anthony Burchak via submission. Notable losses Andre Yule at KOTC back in 2018. That was via KO. And then his UFC debut was against Marab Davalishvili. Mm-hmm. That's a tough debut for anybody, and yes, he lost that via decision. Uh, he's got eight first-round finishes out of those 11. For Yanez, he's 12-3, seven KO TKOs, two submissions. He's 1-0 in the UFC and 1-0 on the Contender Series. He's got five first-round finishes. That win on the Contender Series came to Brady Huang via TKO, and then his UFC debut was Victor Rodriguez, and he got a KO victory there. A notable loss I wanted to point out was to Miles Johns mm-hmm. back at LFA 55 Big in 2018. Big Miles Johns yep. is now. And that was via split decision. Adrian Yanez is coming into this on a five-fight win streak. Noah, does he make it six? <sighs> you know, I think he does. Now, this fight, man, it's, this is a hard one to predict. I don't claim to know a ton about either one of these guys. A lot of it's going to come on, come down to kind of you know where level of competition, mm-hmm. and ultimately like how they, you know what what's kind of their style here. You know you got Gustavo Lopez who loves to finish a fight eleven out of twelve, but Yanez is right there with them. Man. Yeah, I nine mean, out that, of twelve. It's 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 such. It's a, a tough, good matchup. It's a great matchup, and it's really tough to call. But I'm very impressed with Yanez's ability so far to finish his UFC caliber opponents. You could maybe argue the contender series. Sometimes they do have guys in there that aren't necessarily UFC caliber, but even yeah. in his debut over Victor Rodriguez, finishing that fight in the first round, Gustavo Lopez, Valishvili, tough debut. Yeah, man. And then he was able to submit Burchak. I feel like I just kind of like reduced my fraction, but didn't really like solve anything. I'm going to go with Yanez, and I'm going to go Yanez via third round KOTKO. It's it's, it's a a tough one to call, though. This is my fight of the night here. Okay. Honestly, it it feels like it could be. I feel like we might just have a low-key banger. People are going to sleep on a lot of the fights on these cards. That's why we love these so much and studying and researching. Uh, but I do agree with Noah again that we're three for three now. I'm going Yanez, but I'm going via decision and an absolute barn burner. These bantamweights know how to scrap. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, but a guy that's riding a hot streak five in a row looking to make it six, all of a sudden he's right on the verge of trying to fight his way into that killer's row in that top 15 mm-hmm. with a couple more wins. I'm going Yanez, decision. Awesome. Now it's time for the women. Yes, back to back, very <laughs> interesting. interesting, and it's so tough to preview these. Yeah, Cheyenne buys and Montserrat Ruiz. Montserrat is nine and one, three KO TKOs, two submissions. This is her UFC debut. She has two first round finishes, and prior to this, she was in Invicta, where she went one and one. Other end of the spectrum, we've got Cheyenne, who is five and one, one finish. That was a KO TKO. This is her UFC debut. However, she did get a win on the Contender Series. That came against Hillary Rose, and that was via unanimous decision. Coming into this, though, Cheyenne's on a four-fight win streak. Two women here, only one loss on their record. Both have been in Invicta. Man, I want to talk about just dead even. 
This is tough. I'm not going to waste any time here. Because I'm going to be honest, again, I don't know a ton about either of these this women. This is tough. I'm going Montserrat Ruiz. And here's why. <laughs> Me too. It comes down to the finish rate. Yeah. Ruiz has shown that she can finish a fight. In both ways. Cheyenne Buys has struggled to do so. She's got the one lone finish, and it was her debut. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. There's a place in MMA for the people that go to decisions and, yeah. and dominate the piece by piece kind of their fighters. However, going off a resume, I'm more impressed when I look at Montserrat Ruiz. Right. And I do kind of like her pedigree a little more. I, I like that she does have a win in Invicta. Cheyenne Buys lost her lone fight in Invicta. She has a couple wins in LFA, though. It's it's tough, but I'm going to go Montserrat Ruiz. Yeah, both. Oh, be a decision. Yeah, both young here. Uh, Ruiz is 28, Buys is 25, Reaches 63 to 61. This is going to be such a dead even fight. I'd love to see the betting odds on this, but I'm going Ruiz as well, and I'm going decision. I mean, I, I think these are so tough to call, both with something to prove here in their UFC debuts. Who, who's going to make a statement? That's what we're looking for here. Yeah. Especially sure. when you've got Buys coming off of the Contender Series, we know that they're looked at as highly touted. So, you know, no matter what your weight class is, so she's going to look to come out and make a statement. Ruiz, a beast in her own right at 9-1. and one. Man. It's, it, uh, it really it's is interesting. two women looking. Who's going to make a statement? Yeah. Women's strawweight, the most stacked women's division in MMA. Yep. And who's going to come out on top here and who's going to really make a name for themselves? They have a prominent place to do it. Yep. This fight got moved up to, what do they call it, the showcase fight or something like that, that third from yeah. the top. And like we say, they put it on the main card for a reason. We say it all the time, and here we are again. You look at, I mean, look at what's on the prelims. You have two more pedigreed women headlining the prelims. That's a great fight in its own right. Macy Chasen. Yeah, and yet they put that there and this here. And Macy's a huge prospect right now. So they're really wanting to push this fight, and maybe it's just they think it'll be a better fight. I'd be really interested to see that. Yep, couldn't agree more. Moving on to the co-main event of He's the back. evening. He's done fishing for now. Yes, sir. Gregor Gillespie and Brad Rydell. Get into it. People don't sleep on Gregor Gillespie, all right? 13 wins, only one loss, six KOTKOs, five submissions, six and one in the UFC. Seven first-round finishes out of the 11. Notable win against Yancey Medeiros. That was via TKO. And the lone loss on his record, Kevin Lee, set up by the... One of the most beautiful head kick combinations you'll ever see in your life. Knocked his lights out. Kudos to Kevin Lee. For Brad Rydell, he's 9-1. So back-to-back fights here where both opponents only have one loss. He's got five KOTKOs. He is undefeated in the UFC at 3-0. He's got three first-round finishes. Here's a little tidbit. Well, we already talked about it. But <laughs> he got the notable win against Song Kanan, as I mentioned earlier, back in 2017 via TKO. And then in the UFC... He beat Magomed Mustafaev via mm-hmm. split decision. Nice. And Brad is riding a six-fight win streak. <laughs> this is this is potential fight of the night. I just couldn't go with it. Because yeah. I think it's going to get finished. Mm. And it's going to get finished in the second round by Gregor Gillespie via submission. I like it. I like it. You know, that's a... It's going to be a hell of a two rounds. It's a good pick. And I I do want to break down kind of the stylistic difference between these two. 
Gregor Gillespie is it when I say I say this about a lot of our wrestlers, but he's a, hell a grinder. Yep. This guy will literally not give up on those takedowns. Mm-hmm. And you've seen him maul people before. The way he does it with such aggression, but yet he's so smart at the same time. Yeah. It's really hard to pull that off. When you when you look as aggressive as you do, think of a guy like how Clay Guida is. Yep. But Clay Guida tends to kind of let some of that fight IQ go out the door He'll when he gets sprint at just, you like a yeah, bull. Just bite down on his mouthpiece, yeah. you know. Gregor does that, but with intelligence. It's very interesting how he does it. And he's not bad on the feet by no means. No. Now he does have more wins via knockout yeah. than submission. Some of those probably being on the ground. Ground and yeah. pound. Um and he's really good at that as well. All around when this when he has an opponent on his back. Or when he has his opponent's back, they're in trouble. He's lethal, man. Yeah, he's absolutely lethal, and he will smother you. He's one of. I mean, he probably out of that one through fifteen in this division might be the most slept on contender. He has to be he's at this be. point. I think he was starting to get there. Yeah, that fight with Kevin Lee was huge. That fight know? with Kevin Lee really, really hurt because he got put on a highlight tape. And, and not only that, for his he first took, fight back since took a year and a half yep. off. To go fishing. Exactly. I, don't, I just keep saying that because that's what he said. <laughs> now, on the other end, you got Brad Rydell. A little less known, you know, since this is kind of his first opportunity to this hop into beast, that top though. 15. Interesting point. This guy used to be a professional kickboxer. Yeah. His stand-up is very impressive. He has like 70 kickboxing fights. Yeah. The guy's really damn good. And in the UFC, he's been flawless so far. Yep. 3-0. Magomed Mustafaev, great win there. He has played it relatively safe three wins three decisions we haven't seen that finishing ability in the ufc not gonna knock the guy for that though and i just want to point out gillespie's one loss came via a head kick from a wrestler yeah and now you got a guy whose weapons are his hands and kicks yeah it at least puts some doubt and you got the layoff for gillespie where he's been off for a year and a half what kind of guy are we gonna see come back in there yeah is his confidence shot and rydell's Complete opposite. Confidence is high. Three and zero in the UFC. Six fight win streak as a whole. Mm-hmm. Two he total fought, spectrum. Fought in September. Decent yeah. layoff. You yeah. know he's ready, healthy. However, I am gonna go Gregor. I, I think he really is that good. But I'm gonna go Gregor via decision. Mm. I, I can't quite commit to he giving. Just grinds him. I just I, I I have too much faith in Rydell's kind of ability to at least withstand yeah, the if punishment. If Rydell can stuff takedowns, this is a very interesting. That That's where this fight gets interesting. And, you know, Kevin Lee really telegraphed that kick when he, yeah, when it was he knocked so beautiful. Down, you know, the way he set that yeah. up. And yet, he's not a kickboxer. Yeah. And yeah. now you got Rydell, who knows all the tricks. Yeah, exactly. So, it's going to be a really interesting fight. I have a better... I feel better, though, about the idea of um, Gregor... Kind of being able to get those takedowns and hold that top position. Yeah, I'm very excited for that fight. Now, oh, in <laughs> a fight that we're really excited about. <laughs> Derek Brunson, Kevin Holland. The floor is yours, Dom. This is a great fight, man. Derek Brunson's 21 and seven, a staple of this middleweight top ten. He's got 12 KOTKOs, three submissions. A lot of people sleep on Derek Brunson, but damn it, he finishes fights. He's 12 and five in the UFC. 14 of his 15 finishes came in the first round. Uh, his UFC debut was against Chris Lieben. That was via unanimous decision. He got a decision over Lorenz Larkin. He TKO'd Ed Herman. TKO'd Smiling Sam Alvey. TKO'd Uriah Hall. KO'd Leoto Machida. That was brutal. 
Got a decision win over Elias Theodora. Decision over Ian Heinish. And then most recently, shut down the hype train of the once undefeated Edmund Shabazian via TKO in a fight he dominated from the time that fight started until he finished it. It's true. Notable losses. I had to give my guy, Kendall Grove, a shout-out. I remember being a little kid watching <laughs> yeah. The Spider yeah. back then. He was so tall and lanky. Loved I forgot his nickname was The Spider yeah. as well. That was at Show Fight 20 in 2012, and Derek lost that via split decision. He's lost to Jacare Souza twice, both via KO. Once was at Strike Force in 2012, once was in the UFC. He got TKO'd by Yoel Romero in a fight he was winning up until that happened in the third round. Got TKO'd with Robert Whitaker in a crazy one-round fight. Lost the decision to Anderson Silva in a fight that many, including both of us, and as much as it pains me to say it, mm-hmm. he probably should have won, but the judges saw it otherwise. And then he got TKO'd by Israel Adesanya at Madison Square Garden. However, he's coming in on a three-fight win streak here. Mm-hmm. Riding a high. For Kevin, he's 21-5, and five, also has 12 KO TKOs. He does have five submissions, though. He's 8-2 and two in the UFC, plus he's 1-0 on the Contender Series. 11 of the 17 finishes have came in the first round. Wins over Jeff Neal. That was at XKO 34 in 2017 via TKO. He beat Gerald Mearchart via decision. He beat Alessio DiTarico via decision. TKO'd Anthony Hernandez. TKO'd Joaquin Buckley. Got a split decision against Darren Stewart. And then KO Jacare Souza while sitting on his ass. Pretty crazy. <laughs> Notable losses. Lost to Thiago Santos via decision on a fight he took on like two weeks' notice off of the Contender Series because he technically didn't earn a contract to the UFC from Contender, but they called him up and he took it on with Santos. Not many people willing to do that. And then he also got submitted by Brendan Allen, the submission specialist. He is on a five fight win streak with all five of them coming in the year 2020. There's only one one I want to add to his notable losses. Uh, he did lose to the former Bellator middleweight world champion from Cincinnati, Ohio, Rafael Lovato Jr. Booyah. Now that was for Legacy Fighting Championship via submission in 2015. That was his middleweight debut, by the way. So we have a really interesting one. This here, is one of the hardest main events I think we've previewed. I definitely think it is because... We know what, like, Derek Brunson is very much, he is who he is at this point. Yeah. Great fighter. Sometimes his chin can kind of let him down. Oh, it seems one of those guys, again, in the biggest fights, he'll fall. Then he'll win his way back to another one. Yeah. Fall again. Right. Yeah, he's very much in that Michael Chiesa, that that Neil Magny kind of role. Um, he's very. He, I've heard him literally be described as a gatekeeper multiple times, and he really does encapsulate that. But gatekeeping ain't easy, and he shut down. He, the he's hype a guy train. that kind of accepts the role. Edmund a lot of Shab- people that don't. Edmund Shabazian win, though, I think incited oh, a lot of confidence in the people. Dominated him, and you got to think a win like that. I've always questioned Brunson's confidence. Sometimes you know he'll talk to talk. You know, Adesanya. Yeah, he said, "Oh, I'm going to beat that skinny guy up." When he got, as soon as the fight started, though, he did not Timid. look yeah. that confident. However, a win like that over Shabazian, over such a hype train, a mm-hmm. guy who was touted as you know, the, the next yeah. guy in this division, and he shut him down. This is, by the way, Derek Brunson. This is his fifth UFC main event. Yeah, it's a guy that slept on quite a bit. Yeah. Now, 
for Kevin Holland, not slept on. Not at all. He's on everyone's radar. Yes. But I think we still... Do we really know how good this guy is yet? You know, he has had his... T- you know, he's had his losses. The Tiago Santos won short notice. He really looked good in that opponent. fight. He got beat up. Jacare was the biggest test, for sure. So far, and We saw what sure. happened. And... What a funky fight. Right. But, you know, again, you could you could question it and go, well, how good was Jacare? You know, right. he's old. He's guy point. on his way out. Now, I, for one, was still, I still think Jacare still has a lot. Well, left. in the way that he did it. Yeah, I mean. he. When I say sitting on his ass, it's because he was, he was sitting, sitting on his ass. ass. In bottom guard, landed a right hook out of nowhere and literally knocked out Jacare. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. So this fight is just, it's so hard, right? Yeah. Like you said, because I don't know who has the advantage where, really. If I'm being honest. I'd like to think Holland has the advantage if he's on his back. I think showing that He's good on his back, that's true. Showing what he did against Jacare. But is Derek Brunson really going to take this fight to the ground? Yeah. And on the feet, man, dare, dare I say dead even? Well, on the feet, I think Derek Brunson De- might have a little more Holland's technique. long. I think Derek Brunson has the technique. Yeah. I think he's got the the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. But I think Kevin Holland has the power, the power, speed, length, that length. Yeah. I mean, he's got that athleticism Man. advantage. Woo. It's, it's dead even. <laughs> let I'm me just, you. let me throw this out there. Let's talk through this. Yeah, we need Let's to. Let's throw this out there. Do you feel like the longer this fight goes, the more it favors Derek Brunson? Yes, and if, for those that haven't seen the fight with Kevin Holland and Darren Stewart, that is. Example number one right there. He gassed significantly against Darren Stewart and, you know, damn near lost him the fight, essentially. He looked very bad in that third round. And if this goes to round four, round five, not that Brunson's, I mean, he's this is his fifth main event, but off the top of my head, I'm not sure how many have actually went all five rounds. Somebody's going to have to fact check it. But overall, we're talking about a guy with a wrestling pedigree before, and he's just been there against the bigger name guys. I think he's more prepared to go five rounds in order to dig out a win here. And I think that's what he's going to have to do. Okay. I don't know if he can just come in and starch Kevin Holland. Right. I don't know if I can see Kevin Holland being finished the way he's looked, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you're not getting finished by Tiago Santos, who finishes everybody, it's saying something, especially when you do it on two weeks' notice. But I might have just gave away my pick. Go ahead. Because Derek Brunson is going to do it again. I called it via text when he fought Edmund Shabazi. And Noah can, is my witness. I can confirm. I said, man, I got a feeling Brunson's going to do it. He's going to stop the hype train, and he's going to do it again here. This time, you all get to hear it, so hopefully I'm right again. <laughs> I think it's going to go five rounds. I think he's going to edge it out. The veteran expertise. I know they have literally the same amount of fights almost. Derek has two more. But overall, just experience-wise, goes to Brunson, and that's going to play the biggest factor here. He's going to do what he has to do to go the distance, dig deep, pull out the decision, and stop the hype train for now of Kevin Holland. So we've had every fight the same so far. Until now. Until now. I'm going Kevin Holland. I think that even though the longer this fight goes, the more it favors Brunson. It won't go too long. It's very tough. For Brunson's chin to hold up yeah. if he's going to he, be landed on. He can get if this hit. fight turns. I mean, because Holland is good on the feet. Yeah. So it's hard for me to believe that Brunson could go five rounds with a guy who's also on a complete stand-up yeah. battle. Yeah. For that reason, Kevin Holland, 
via second round mm. KOTKO. I think Brunson could even win the first round. I just don't see him being able to withstand that power, that speed. Yeah. And Brunson really just the, the fluid movement and really just the overall kind of unpredictability funky. that Big Mouth yeah. offers. It's going to be a fun fight, I think, for, yeah. and I, I don't think it's going to last very long, but um, I think this is going to shoot Kevin Holland into some greener pastures. You really do, but that's for but Monday. We're going to talk about that on Monday, <laughs> yeah, assuming yeah. he wins. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, any other final thoughts on this card? Man, this is, I was telling Noah before we started... One of, from top to bottom, main cards that we previewed, one of the toughest and closest, especially like those latter three, the women's mm-hmm. fight, with the lightweight fight, like uh, Rydell and Gillespie, and now this. Very tough to pick winners. I think we're in for a really, really good night of fight Saturday. Yeah, I agree. You know, there's there are those cards where going in, you know, when I'm looking at the what, what fights were breaking down, you know, there are those cards where before I do my homework, I'm like, ooh, this card doesn't look that great. This was one of them. Yeah. But once we really dig in dig. You got to dig. You know, and again, what, what do I always say? Fights aren't made on paper. Yeah, right. They're made in the octagon. That's all that matters. As long as these people come in and deliver, that's all that matters. These, these are the Name value cards. doesn't matter right. if you're in a boring fight. Yeah. Every, and everybody's got to start somewhere. Yeah. You so know? that's why I'm very excited to watch these on Saturday. This card is on ESPN. It's a big one. It is. That's true. Now, 10 p.m. 10 p.m. start time. Yes, Eastern East Standard Coast. Time. East Coast. Prelim 7. And that's for um, the main card starts at 10. Correct. Prelims at 7. Yes. Prelims you can watch on ESPN Plus and probably ESPN as well. I think ESPN or ESPN 2 and then it switches over. Yeah. yeah. And so they're showcasing so them. They'll be ESPN for the main card. Yeah. Watch these fights, especially that main event and you gotta watch event. The main. It's going to be great. Yeah. As for next week. Oh yeah. Monday obviously we'll be recapping hashtag UFC Vegas 22. Next week's a fun ass week. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, we're going to fanboy <laughs> out next week. So we're pre or excuse Ooh. me, recapping that on Monday and then Wednesday. You know what Wednesday This is means. such a perfectly timed episode. This episode's going to be a little extra special. For so many reasons. And that's because it's going to be our third classic pay-per-view review. We started with UFC 1, then we went to UFC 199. Now we're going to go a little bit more forward. UFC 220. Man. Now you might ask yourself, classic. what's the significance Man. of this card? No, it's very significant. Well, the following Saturday, we have a big heavyweight main event for UFC 260, a rematch. The biggest, baddest <laughs> rematch. Between heavyweight GOAT Stipe Miocic and Francis Ngannou. We're so excited for that. We're going to go back and watch the first time they fought, which was at UFC yep. 220. They fought for in the main event for the heavyweight title. Co-main event of that card was also a title fight. Daniel Cormier in his yeah. last title defense as light heavyweight champion. Yep. Fighting Vulcan Uzdemir. Very excited to break all those down with you and get into all the little fun facts yeah. of the card. We're, next week is Steve Amiochik week on the podcast. And then Friday, <laughs> yes, we have another preview, and it's for UFC 260. So it's headlined by Steve A and Ganu 2. But damn it, tell them the co-main <laughs> event. The co-main event. Nobody's talking about the it. The featherweight title. Did y'all forget? It's not even on the poster. They ain't even talking about it. Volkanovski looking to really solidify himself as the the true 
king of featherweight against T-City. Ortega 2.0. Ooh. 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 And it's going to be a great card. Yeah, to the whole down. card's fantastic. But and damn gonna, it, the two title fights. And we're going to preview all of it for you on Friday. So get ready for next week. It's going to be a great week. Big week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But until then, oh, yeah. Dominic, tell the good people where they can find you on social media. On Twitter, on Instagram, at Deasley14. Find the podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, at B-A-J underscore MMA podcast. Have a great freaking weekend. Well said. As for me, if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram, at NTBaker underscore, you'll be taken to our link tree which gives you the links to all the platforms that the podcast is on, along with the social media platforms. That includes the Twitter, the Instagram, the YouTube channel, and Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. It's all on there, baby. And there's a couple links for the Anchor page. First, leaving a voice message. If you have a thought about these fights that are coming up on Saturday, if you have some thoughts on the title fights next the next weekend, if you want to talk about UFC 220, you have a 60-second voice message spot that you could have on our podcast. Please use the link in the link tree, and you, too, can be featured on the Below Average Joe's MMA podcast. Who doesn't want to be on the podcast? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> also, there's a link if you want to become a supporter of the podcast. That just provides us with a few dollars a month, and all that money goes back into improving the quality of the podcast, whether it be audio equipment or down the line doing a video podcast. So, again, you can find all of that if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram at... NT Baker underscore, but with that, we're out and we'll see y'all on.